Podcasts for mind chat. Minds are little, not our thoughts. I'm your host, Siona. In our previous episode, we spoke to Dr. Chetan Singhai about the changes to become as part of our national education policy, NEP 2020. Why again this week, you ask? Boy, when the topic at hand is colossal, I think it deserves more time. I'm not sure if you've heard about Dr. Chetan Singhai in my previous episode. He's currently working as Deputy Director, Ramaya Public Policy Center, RPPC, and as Associate Professor, Ramaya University of Applied Sciences, Bengaluru. He obtained his PhD from Indian Institute of Science, Bengaluru. I have always dreamt of being there someday. Dr. Chetan was even awarded Social Justice Medal by the Ministry of Law and Justice, Government of India, for his service towards human rights and women empowerment by the Honorable Chief Justice in India in 2007. The reason why he is best suited to make us understand further on NEP is because he was associated with. The committee to draft the national education policy between 2017 to 2019 in the Ministry of Human Resource Development, Government of India, New Delhi, as a chief consultant. Hello, Dr. Chetan. Welcome back to my show. How are you doing today? So, hi, Siona. I'm good. Thank you. Let's continue our discussion with my first question. What does it mean when NEP says we have flexibility in choosing our subjects? Well, flexibility is in many ways, but let me only share two of them. Explicit reason of flexibility here is that schools must have freedom to choose their curriculum. It should not be given to them by somebody outside the school. And what is that body? It's called as the National Curriculum Framework. The 2015 is the one which gives the set of guidelines for how the curriculum should be schools have very limited role imagine a school which is in bangalore and uh, we have the national curriculum framework being drafted in new delhi yeah makes less sense right and it is there and here we have school which has its own unique set of challenges and opportunities but they are unable to respond to it so they have to uh, have some certain flexibility in, in uh, designing their curriculum based on their needs based on their strengths right based on their weaknesses how do we overcome that whereas second flexibility is in terms of how the assessment takes place again there's very limited scope because we have the board exams board exams are all india exams right so the questions are already decided by somebody at the central government level or at the state government level so assessment has to be also school centric respect to schools should develop their own assessment and at the same time respect to schools must have their own curriculum and if they have these two they can enjoy utmost freedom in delivering the curriculum what we call the pedagogy so because of these two limitations their pedagogy is also not innovative or not very creative right so only few schools who come under the icsc and uh, other boards which are not imposed by the government or controlled by the government they have that flexibility but today all schools must have it is what nep talks about hmm okay <clears throat> 
I think every school deserves to decide what their students get to learn. Yep. My next question is, will the normal syllabuses like CBSE, ICSE, etc. still remain? Yeah, more or less it will remain, but it will take some time to phase that out. Because as I mentioned earlier, the impact that school education has on our population and the process that is the complex structure of school system that we have, we cannot overnight change the system. It will gradually phase out the intention of the education policies that NCRT as a body or the, the textbook making body will remain, but they will change their approach and process where it will make the textbook bilingual, for example, make the textbooks mostly to do with learning by fun, you know, having more and more cartoons, for example, depicting certain kind of uh, imagination for the child, like, you know, how much you enjoy reading cartoons and, you know, uh, books which have more pictures, images. Yeah, I like reading the comic strips on the newspaper, but sadly... In this lockdown time, they stopped putting comic strips on. What did you the, like in that comic strips? The text uh, or the image? The image. Yeah. And because of the image, I was able to get the joke from the text. Yes, exactly. So textbooks have to become like that. And that is the intention of the NEP 2020, that if you want to make learning joyful, then you have to change the textbooks. You cannot have the same textbooks and expect a new outcome. Right, So that is another thing. So bilingual textbooks are one thing which are going to come in the syllabus and the text as well as making textbooks more and more creative and joyful is another thing which are expected in the as an outcome of new education policy. And I think with that assessment will definitely change. Right, You cannot have the images in the question paper. So you need to create a new system of assessing. Right, So that becomes, as I mentioned, cumulative and not summative. And as children would like to go and write exams, otherwise they will get scared. And just before the exam, they'll develop fever or cold. <laughs> that happens, isn't it? Earlier? I was like full on yay, yay for my first ever exam in India. But then uh, since my second unit test is approaching, I'm like, oh, oh. Yeah. And not yay, yay. Correct. That is a worry that each child has when they go to school and when they want to give examination, right? So, and moreover, after that is a competition. Who will score more, who will score less? So, before you entered school, when we were in school, we had marks, that is 100 marks, so ranks, first rank, second rank, percentage, you know. If I miss out by 5%, 2%, 3%, 1%, it's a huge competition. Ooh. Fortunately, over the last few years, we have moved to grades. A grade, B grade, C grade, you know, remember those grades which you have now. That yeah. has actually helped to some extent, you know, because the range of competition has reduced. Hmm. Earlier, it was just 0.2%, 0.3% and some parents used to compare. Oh my God, my neighbor uh, child has got 92%, you have got 91.4%. <laughs> That's funny. Right? Or 91.6%. And then now it is grades where we have a person scoring, a child scoring from maybe, I'm not sure, 85 to 90 to 100% as A grade. So there's a huge range of 10% now. So there's no such competition. But I think that was changed over days, over years. With NEP, I think there will be new changes coming in where it will further reduce, right? So this whole unwarranted competition will be reduced and the pressure on the child will be also reduced and moreover, parents also will reduce. 
So I urge the parents also in this context that we need to compete, but don't compete in such parochial, narrow ways. Compete in a much more different way. That is in terms of how your child is creative. Right? That is very important. Yeah, yeah well, some parents like kind of ban uh, the child's creativity when, it's, uh, when it comes to exam time. Things like artwork or uh, playing with friends. And, or exploring the garden, yeah. stuff like that. That's true. That's where I said, you know, why they ban it? Because it has not been assessed. It doesn't get reflected in your mark sheet or transcript. That is what NEP says. Please don't create these silos of curricular, extracurricular and curricular. Everything is curricular. If a child is able to perform good in sports and they are good at it, then we often treat that experience as outside school. But it should be very much part of the curricular activity. And that is where teacher training, school systems changing, assessment techniques changing, and more importantly, parents' attitudes changing becomes very, very critical. So we have to bring all them together. You seem to be very excited or uh, thoughtful about it. Yeah, well, I just love to see this change, especially in parents. I think you already started to sow the seed. I hope it reaches to the people. This conversation, I'm sure they yeah. will also change. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Well, that completes my set of questions. But do you know what, Doctor Chetan? Because it's such an important topic, I've decided to take in a couple of questions from parents too. Sure. Hope you are okay to answer them for us. Yes, definitely. Okay, Mrs. Arpita Nath asked. What will be the age criteria for class 1 in CBSE as per new education policy? Well, this criteria as of now is uh, anybody between 5 and a half to 6 years uh, is what the criteria is for class 1 and it will continue to be there. And uh, what changes is the uh, process of admission and entry, right? So, again, there were a lot of tests which were conducted to get the child in and all those things. So, now the schools have to evolve techniques by themselves to see how they would get the uh, child into the school and while not imposing any sort of competition in order to get the child into the school. So that is where it's going to change. But the entry age is almost going to be same. There's not much difference or change that is going to happen. Right. So yeah. it is between the range of five to six years is what we can claim. But yes, what I can see is to add to Mrs. Arpita's question is that the type of children who are getting into first grade in due course in the next 8 to 9 or 10 years with this new approach of the NEP will be very different from what we see today in the first grade because of their education in the age of 3 to 6, that is pre-first grade, that is a preschool or during the early days of the days of the school is going to be much more impactful than what we see today. So I think age, there's no change. It would be six or maybe five and a half to five years to eight months. That depends on the child's birth date and the month the child is born within that range. But other than that, there's not going to be major shift in terms of the entry age. You're entering a school, especially in India. You need to write an entrance exam. And um, there might be a child with some sort of uh, condition like learning disability or Down yep. syndrome. And they might not know many of the answers to the question paper. 
And uh, the parents, especially the parents, their impression would be that this school will help my child to become smarter. Even in their condition, they can get as smartest as uh, possible. And uh, so they'll join them into the school. But uh, when they find that their child could not write the exam Mm -hmm. because uh, they did not know much of the answers, uh, the school would reject the child... And so, uh, the child would, like, come out with uh, no school to go to. Yes, that's the unfortunate thing. I agree with you because uh, these tests are uh, beyond the uh, capacity of the child. And, uh, you know, it, it, it tests the child at, uh, supposed to test a child at the age of five or six, but test the child at the age of, assuming the child is eight or nine. It's very, that's the competition that I was talking about. And that has to change. And that is what will change in course of time, because any policy to have an impact, it will take some time. Because uh, right now, the government of Karnataka has adopted the policy. The government of Karnataka approved the policy. And they are now gradually going to bring changes. So, I think in the next 10 years from now, 2030, I would say major changes happening. But I think right now, our task, rather our duty of parents and us in education is to start thinking about it from today. I know changing our attitude and mindset. That should be the first starting point rather than waiting for the government to say from tomorrow, these tests are going to change. I think that will come. But now we have to prepare ourselves to say, let us avoid this kind of tests. You know, rather talk to the child, understand what he or she wants, how he or she thinks differently. I'm sure your brother is doing a lot of crazy things which you didn't expect, right? Very, very innovative things. He has a different way of Drinking milk, maybe, or eating food, maybe, but you might not find the same thing with other child. They are innovative in something else. But it is our responsibility to identify that uniqueness. That is what I call competences. Now, that is where I think the schools need to change and evolve for the betterment of the child and their education. But unfortunately, it is not happening because it's a huge competition. For every 100 child, right, we are seeing uh, schools with less than 10 or 8 available. And that's where I can now see the problems and challenges of the schools also. Because they can't take everybody. The quality will collapse. But what we could do is prepare the system in such a way that, you know, both the schools and the parents and the child have a very conducive environment. I think policy will take time. In the next 10 years, we are seeing these major changes coming through. Until 2019, we were directionless. What they call running like headless chicken everywhere. <laughs> we don't know what to do. At least we have a direction now, a roadmap for the next 10 years. Mrs. Suparna Banerjee asks that given the vast syllabus of ICSE board, is the NEP going to effectively reduce the pressure on kids? Her daughter is in first standard. Yes, uh, the pressure is not in the syllabus. The pressure is in the examination assessment. And also teaching techniques are very important. See, syllabus is almost constant, as I said earlier, right? How do you deliver the syllabus? That is a pedagogy. That how do you, as I keep telling you, how do you make that classroom environment joyful? Makes a lot of difference in whatever the uh, content of the syllabus is. So that's what one suggestion is that make the syllabus more creative, more imaginative and more hands-on, right? The same physics, chemistry, biology, math can be taught while learning and while doing some kind of activity. Right, So the syllabus is not a problem here. The problem is in terms of how to deliver it. 
and how to then assess the child for what they have learned in the syllabus. In fact, some of the boards have a very nice way of doing projects and all those things. But unfortunately, what happens is there's not much support from the school to do projects. They end up coming home and doing it and there's a lot of... Because as you said, the syllabus is so much that they want to complete it in the school and the remaining activity happens at home. I, I would rather argue that everything should happen in the school and home should be just family. Home should be just enjoying what happens at home. The large extended family, the conversations, as you said, you know, brother picking up all these random quotes and then deconstructing it, right? So that's the fun thing part, you know. But what happens is all the extra activities that are not happening in the school are happening at home. And that's where the syllabus issue comes in. So I think that is what we need to change. And I think that is, again, the need of the hour. And there are situations that we are seeing schools responding to it, but not all schools. Sometimes they give so much homework that uh, the child barely communicates with the family and is always with their pen or pencil yeah. and the notebook and the textbook. That's true. Um, and never with their family. So so they don't develop connection to anything. Yeah. And so it's kind of sad. That's true. And they miss out on all the fun happening at home. Yeah. Yeah. And by the time they grow up, it's too late to come back to the yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, um, since I came to India... I kind of lost touch with my creativity because uh, because of the homework, the notes, the online classes and blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, that's true. There are a lot of, uh, you have become very busy with uh, yeah. online classes, I think. Constant surveillance on the online classes. But again, you find creativity somehow. And I think that is the fun of creativity. But only thing is in schools, they should create more opportunity for being creative. That's the only request I have for all the school teachers and the administrators that provide more and more space for uh, a child to be more and more creative. As simple as, please leave your walls white and give them color pens. Let them draw on the walls. Right? But don't uh, scold them for doing that. The more colorful the school is and more shabbier the school looks, I think that's the more creative school. Right? So that's how creativity comes. Isn't it? So that's, yeah. have you seen a higher education universities having creativity wall? There are some universities in the world where they have creativity wall. You know, simply have a blank uh, board, people come and draw their ideas. Hmm. Right. So that's a, one thing which they could do. They don't need a policy for it. They just need a space and some intent to do it, right? So that is how you just develop creativity. The last question is, Mrs. Sarah Ahmed's question is, now that there will be more stages like 5 plus 3 plus 3 plus 4, are they going to bring in any rules that will enable homeschooling children to enter into mainstream schools and vice versa? Yeah, uh, see the structure has changed definitely from 10 plus 2 to 5 plus 3 plus 3 plus 4. However... The uh, open schooling or this uh, alternative schoolings will definitely continue to be there, right? Because they have add uh, they have added value in many ways, and they would continue to continue to be there. But what changes is the flexibility of entry, right? What is happening today is children of uh, alternative schools are unable to come to mainstreaming, right? Because the syllabus is different, assessment is different, expectations are different. But what is going to change now with this structure? 
since the overarching policy recommendation is to make learning joyful creative competency based then shifting from um, a summative to cumulative kind of assessment they are nothing but they are also like alternative schools who are now accommodating slow learners what they call you know and learners with difficulties so i think what we are seeing is in next 10 to 15 years the nomenclature or the distinction between alternative and mainstream is going to phase out right they will be merged together gradually and i think that is where the new structure talks about because the old structure was uh, you know very uh, stringent or a very uh, difficult structure a complex structure where it did not allow for children coming from alternative schools to be part of this so this structure the new one is proposed in such a way that there is uh, flexibility in entry and exit uh, for children who come from other schools or other sections there are a lot of children who come from other language to the english language so that has to be provided that is where i think the new structure helps in overcoming that barrier well that must be a major change yes indeed That was the longest conversation I've had so far. Thanks for patiently answering all of my questions and even some parents questions. Thank you and uh, I'm not surprised conversation is long because we are having a policy after so many years. So there are so many issues and the policy for upcoming years of 2000 up to 2040 50 so I'm sure there are many issues and that I'm not surprised and I hope uh, you got what you wanted in terms of understanding the system of uh, school education and its impact on the nation not just on the children on the nation i think that is very important that's the foundation for how we build our nation and how do you build our entire higher education research innovation ecosystem it starts from the school at the age of 3 having said that i'm not saying we should uh, put lot of burden on the child but still we have to make education or learning joyful Right. Actually, out of this conversation, I've understood that NEP changes would bring in a huge relief for kids and parents without compromising on our quality of education. That's the need of the hour. Yeah. I thank you so very much for taking time sure. out of your busy schedule and coming to my studio, Dr. Chetan. Thank you so much. Uh, I look forward to having uh, this conversation, you know, leading to a lot of change in the people's mindset. and also the children's mindset not just people in the sense teachers or parents they are very important but also children uh, because if they hear from you who is actually experiencing it you know and bringing change i'm sure you will be a good brand ambassador for the change that we are looking at thank you so much and i had a great conversation with you and also learned a lot with your experience back home with your schooling system back in uk and your experience that you're having in india thank you so much You're welcome and thank you. Thank you. So friends, I hope you feel a lot more relieved that the change in our education that's coming up in the next few years is a lot more fun and happening. I'm so looking forward to it now. Please do spread the word on this super informative episode and follow me on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn for more. This week's question is The classrooms are likely to look more colorful and interesting after NEP 2020 is implemented. True or false? If you could answer the simple question, you get a chance to be in our monthly lucky draw. Please do send in your answers to Siona at littlemindchats.com. Thanks again for listening. Bye.